Scripture says that God our Savior desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. But what is the truth? And how do we gain that knowledge? The answer to these questions and more in today's edition of Faith with Father. Living Bread Radio presents Faith with Father, a program aimed at teaching today's culture the truth about the Catholic faith. And now here's your host, Tim Perry. Hello, and welcome to this edition of Faith with Father. This is Tim Perry, your host, and uh, this is the final day of on-site taping in Amherst, Ohio at St. Joseph Rectory with Father Michael Dank. Welcome, Father. So glad to have you here in Amherst. I hope you go to Kodrowski's for a Snoogle, our oh, local bakery. I think we will. Dan's <laughs> we're, driving. We're, but... we're, known, we're made famous for that. I like it. I like food. I always said it, when I die, I want to be in a state of grace and have a full tummy. <laughs> so <laughs> we're going to continue our discussion of the Mass. And uh, we left off uh, with, uh, Father, you explaining the homily and, and all the different uh, avenues that the priest has of uh, explaining what the readings we just heard or talking about a tradition of the Church or maybe even focusing on one word or one phrase of one of the readings. Yeah. And, and then sharing and helping us to better understand the, the the holy word of God. Yeah. So my hope with homilies, at least at least for me, and I would imagine, you know, this is what the church has in mind, is that every homily is, um, every homily is meaningful, uh, is memorable and mystical. So when I when I'm praying and preparing my homilies, I I, I always hope that that the homilies will have meaning in people's lives. You know, so one priest says that uh, it's been a tradition that whenever he prepares for a homily, he's got the scripture in one hand and the newspaper in the other hand. You know, so that he's always bringing the two your 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 lives together with what's going on in our in our church and in our in our in, in the Word of God and the essence of God, so that it has some meaning. The second is that it is memorable. So hopefully, when you uh, are I love there's no greater compliment than when people tell me they're driving home from mass and their kids will be talking about the homily you know what what they experienced uh at mass and uh, th- there's something that even throughout the week you'll remember and finally that it's mystical that it draws you into the deeper meaning of what we are celebrating you know so the homily should help you realize more that liturgy of the word and the liturgy of the eucharist that we are receiving god and word and sacrament that god is present in the priest and the eucharist and the word and the in the gathered assembly you know that it, it draws us into this deeper mystery that we experience god and sometimes i think with a good homily the people can't even explain what they heard, they just know that they're moved. They know that there's something that they, they have a felt experience of, of God. And um, the good thing is right after the homily, we follow with the creed. So if the priest has said anything stupid or contrary to the faith, we go right into the creed. And, and I think we need that. We need to profess our faith every Sunday because we can grow so, we can't get blinded, you know, and, and the world can and and the enemy is constantly trying to take us off guard and off path. So we profess our faith at every mass on Sunday, or the creed. This is what we believe, you know, from the very beginning of our church. This is the eth- essence of of our faith. So we profess the creed, and the, the the you know again, this is a time for full active and conscious participation. You are renewing your baptismal promises at that point. So even if you were baptized as an infant, you didn't have that opportunity. Uh, to profess your faith. But at every Mass and every Sunday, you get to stand there as an adult and say, I believe. This is what I believe. 
And no matter what's going on in my life, no matter what doubts I have, no matter what insecurity I'm experiencing, I believe. And, and and we profess our faith together. And hopefully that's a, you know, after after the, the entire word of God and the gathering and the penitential rite and the opening prayer and the offering, it's this creed, this credo. This is what I believe. And I'm standing here and I'm professing it before God, before the priest, and for, before this community. So it's your chance to renew your vows. Well, it's just like my wife. I tell her I need to hear her tell that she loves me. Yeah. I know she does, but mm-hmm. I want to hear it. Yeah. And I tell her every day, several times a day, I love her. Same thing with God. If we really love God, we should be telling him over and over again because we really mean it. Right. Mm-hmm. And again, he likes to hear it too, just like I like to hear it from and, my wife. Yeah. And, but, and I think the further truth is we need, we need to say it. We need to hear ourselves saying it. You know, it's in the saying it that, that we are often deepened in that in that love and that commitment, you know? So mm-hmm. when we do speak the creed, um, we, we come to a deeper commitment and a deeper love and expressing it. Okay. So what follows the creed then? Father? Well, after the creed is, is the petitions. So those are, and, and they're called the general intercessions actually. So, um, these are times again, where the priest gathers together the prayers of, of not only the, the faith community, but the entire world, the entire church, and they follow a structure. So the, the first one is always for the church, you know, for the, for the Holy Father, for priests, bishops, for the entire church. The second would be for the government, the local government community. The, the third is for a particular intention of maybe the parish or something going on in the world. The fourth is for those who are sick and homebound or suffering in any way. And the fifth is for the dead. So we, we pray for all those that have died and have gone before us. So that's kind of the structure of the petitions. And it's, again, a gathering of all, not only yours, but everybody in the church and the parish and the diocese and the, and the greater church and the greater greater world. Mm-hmm. So right after the petitions and all this experience of the liturgy of the word, this is all the liturgy of the word, we now enter into the liturgy of the Eucharist. And uh, this begins with the offertory. And the offertory, I think... Um, is is so significant and this was actually my spiritual director made this very meaningful for for me he told me one day um it was my penance that the next time i went to mass i was supposed to go and and pray with the gifts in the back of the church the bread and wine that were back there and offer myself with those gifts and imagine that during mass i was being carried up with the gifts of bread and wine and my intentions were being carried up. And the truth is that's what's happening in the offertory. Symbolically, in those gifts of bread and wine, we offer ourselves, you know, that we're truly giving ourselves to God. You know, so if you're struggling with something in your life, offer that up. Or if something's going well in your life, offer that up. And, and picture yourself being carried up there by the community. You know, that those people are not only carrying the bread and wine, they're carrying you to God, the Father through Jesus and the prayer of the Eucharist. And I think that is so powerful. And then as, as you're brought up towards the altar, you're laid on the altar, and the, and the priest blesses you and transforms your gifts of bread and wine, which are symbolic of, of you, into the body and blood of Christ. So um, after the offertory, we go into, um, uh, th- there's a, a prayer that the priest does over the gifts, and, and he, he's, he's blessing them and uh, preparing them for consecration. And uh, the priest then takes a moment and washes his hands. And, uh, you know, it, it's, a, it's a time where the priest himself is acknowledging his own sinfulness and, and unworthiness of, of what he's about to celebrate. 
So he, he washes himself and, and, and asks the Lord to cleanse him of his sins and his faults. And, uh, and, and the Eucharist continues on. The, the next thing is the preface. So the preface is, um, you know, the part where the priest says, the Lord be with you, and you say, and with, and with your, your spirit. spirit, lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. So it's right and just. So the priest at that moment is is lifting all of our prayers up to God. And, and it, there's such a, a rightness and a justness and a goodness about that moment. And then it kind of explodes into the Holy Holy. You know, so we go into this part of the Holy Holy. And that, Tim, as you mentioned on another show, we are surrounded by the saints and angels. The whole company of angels, and that's said at the end of every preference, we're, we're, heaven and earth are joined by all the angels and saints, and we're surrounded together at this moment where Christ is going to be born on the altar. You know, it's just it's 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 uh, this tremendous, unbelievable encounter we're we're about to experience. So, you know, after that, the priest enters into the Eucharistic prayer, and as we we said before, all these words come from Scripture. You know, so every part of the Eucharistic prayer is a weaving together of Scripture, and it's it's a, a prayer of blessing that, that Jesus does. And of course, the most powerful is, is is the Scripture passage from John: "This is my body. Take this, all of you, and eat of it. This is my body, which will be given up for you. Take this, all of you, and eat of it, and drink from it. This is my blood." which will be given up for you. At that moment, when the priest speaks those words and his hands are touching those gifts, the bread and wine become the body and blood of Christ. And that's the greatest mystery of our faith, and it's the essence of our faith, that we believe that bread and wine, which are symbolic of our lives, become the body and blood of Christ right before our very eyes. And after that, you have that moment of the great amen, and that's the people's part. The priest actually doesn't say amen. The priest says, through him, with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. And the people and the choir sing amen, I believe. So the people are professing at that moment. They believe that this is the body and blood of Christ, and it's only after that that they then come forward um, to receive. Of course, we have the the Lamb of God, and where where the body of Christ is fractured and 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 distributed into all into all the vessels for um, distribution. But then there's that moment that I love, um, the Lord, I am not worthy. And I, in the New Translation, it, it it's more explicit that it comes right from Scripture. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter unto my roof, but only say the words, and I shall be healed. You know, so we're, we're, we're just like the priest admitting that we're not worthy of this great sacrament. We're not worthy of, you know, we're not, we haven't been faithful. We have been sinners. We're not worthy to receive God into us. And yet he still wants to, and he has forgiven us. And, uh, that's where we experience this wonderful joy as we come forward in communion to receive the body of Christ into us. So, um, people um, sometimes are unsure what to do when you come up to communion. So again, if you are Catholic, if, if you've received the sacraments, and by the way, if you haven't, it's not that you're not invited. We want everyone to receive communion. However, we are um, there's, there's a process for that. Uh, there's an initiation process for that, and that's called the rite of Christian initiation. So if you haven't received the Eucharist, if you're not Catholic, you're always welcome to receive, but there's a, a process for it. And so you go through this time of, of um, initiation before you receive the Eucharist. And at the end of that initiation, you do receive the Eucharist. 
And, and same thing if, if you are Catholic and, 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 and have some kind of sin in your life, we, we want you to receive communion. But again, there's a process for that. So if you haven't, go to confession. You know, find, go to confession and experience the unconditional love of God. And then you'll get to receive him fully in the Eucharist. And so, the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, it is for everyone. You know, we, we desire all of you to come forward and to receive, but uh, there's a process for it. So that is, is, is what we get to experience. And when you receive the body of Christ into you, um, that is the union of God and man. That's the, the ultimate experience of the incarnation of God taking on human flesh. And he takes on flesh in you. And then after communion, there's there's just a moment of silence where you get to experience being with him, him and you, and you and him. And then and then there's the the, the final closing prayer, and uh, and the blessing where the priest not only blesses you but commissions you to go forth and to spread the good news. I got in the habit of saying the Anima Christi after, mm, which is communion. a powerful yeah. What is that? Why don't you tell the listeners? Soul of Christ, sanctify, sanctify me. me. Body of Christ, save me. Blood of Christ, inebriate me. me. Water from the side of Christ, wash and purify me. Passion of Christ, strengthen me. I can't remember the rest. Now. Yeah, it's a beautiful prayer, though. It is. Yeah. And so, again, I'm, uh, I'm uniting myself with Christ and, and recognizing the fact that he's in here. Can we have your blessing, Father? The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. We've been listening to Father Michael Dank. This has been your host, Tim Perry, Faith with Father. Until next time, may God bless you and yours. Bye for now. This has been Faith with Father, a production of Living Bread Radio in Canton, Ohio. For an audio archive of this program, log on to livingbreadradio.com and click on Faith with Father. If you have a question or comment about today's program, email us at askfather at livingbreadradio.com. And join us again next time for another edition of Faith with Father.